the goal for today is to help you understand the message of the cross. On Good Friday, it's named kind of funny. I don't know how to greet people on a Good Friday. Do you say Happy Good Friday? I'm not sure what the correct the wording is, but it's certainly a day of remembrance, and it's actually a very solemn day. But thank God we know that this isn't the end with just the death on the cross. We know there's a resurrection on Sunday and a celebration of the new life we can enjoy in Christ. But the goal for today is to remember Jesus and his death. And the most important question to answer for today is, why did Jesus die on the cross? There's an old saying that you, I'm sure I've heard of, so close, but yet so far. And oftentimes when I go around one of my favorite places, which is Canal Rocks, and in Canal Rocks, you go across the rocks and you jump across and it makes me feel young. And I've been jumping across the rocks there for years. And it's one of those things that go through my, my mind as I go across the rocks is so close, but yet so far. And I don't want to make the news. I don't want to be airlifted out of the canal rock, so therefore I'm highly motivated to make sure that I stick the landing. And now that I am a parent and I take my children to canal rocks, like, much like my parents took me to canal rocks to run over the rocks and across, I am highly motivated to see them not be so close but yet so far. I want them to stick the landing as well. And oftentimes, I'm probably like one of those parents, like maybe you are, be careful, watch out. And in reality, I was exactly the same way as a kid, and my parents were to me, and I just wanted to go and run and jump, and I'm fine. And the silliness of that illustration is this. We don't want to be oh so close to understanding the message of the cross, and yet be so far. We want to understand, if we are this close, we want to grasp onto it. If there's a gift for us today, I want to receive it. If there's knowledge and understanding and there's love that, for, that God has for me, I want to make sure that I'm not oh so close, but yet so far. I want to make sure that we can grab onto it. As a husband, as a father, and as your pastor, that's my goal for today. I don't want to miss out on the message and the impact of Easter. So the question of the day is, what does the cross mean for me? And every Sunday and here on Friday, every time we meet together, we have a principle that we seek to apply to our life. And today's principle is, Jesus died on the cross for me. I tried to make that as simple as possible. And you may be coming here this morning and go, I know that already. So therefore, if you really know this and you fully understand it, let's spend some time thinking of and praying for others that they will know this message too. Because this is a transformational message of Easter. And really the transformational message of our entire church. Every single Sunday when we come to meet together, we meet together celebrating the fact that Jesus died on the cross and rose from the dead. And this morning I have three R words. I'm not doing this just to be funny. I want you to remember it, okay? There are words, okay? And the reason why I say it that way is I want you to remember that. Children, I want you to remember these. So when you're at lunch today, I want you to remind your parents. And I'll tell you what, I'll make, I'll make a deal with you. If you can remember all these three at lunch today, you can have extra dessert, okay? <laughs> your parents already said yes. 
or chocolate or whatever you want. Just whatever. So three R words. So here's the goal, to remember these three and to apply them to our life this morning. We're going to read in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter number three. And during the school holidays at Southwest Baptist Church, beginning in January, we started walking through the book of Galatians together. And to be honest with you, it just so happened, like quite honestly, just so happened that we're at this particular place on this particular weekend, which works out perfectly with our series that we've been walking through the book of Galatians together. And the, the, the theme of this series through the school holidays we've been walking through is called Together. And the goal is to discover unity in the gospel together. And as a church family, if we can be unified around our one message, imagine the impact that we can make in our community around us. Galatians chapter number 3, we're going to look at verse 10 through 14, and I'll read that together. It says this, For all who rely on the works of the law, you see the first R word? For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law, for the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith, rather the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us. So next our word, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, which is talking about a cross. So that in Christ Jesus the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, so that we might receive, that's our third R, receive the promised spirit through faith. Earlier in the book of Mark, chapter number 15, we read through the crucifixion account. And as we read through that, uh, I, I thought about, to be honest with you, I sh- thought about showing some videos of Jesus' crucifixion from different movies. And as I was watching them, beyond, they're not fun. Like, they're important to watch. If you haven't seen The Passion of the Christ in some of those movies, they, I would encourage you to watch them. But they're not fun movies. You sit down eating popcorn. They're sobering movies, and because of our our audience here today, I didn't want to show anything too graphic. But the same time is if you can imagine what the cross was like and the, the pain involved and the humanity of Jesus Christ crying out in his agony when the Bible says that he cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't think he did it monotone. I'm sure that was at the the top of his lungs, crying this out in agony because for the first time in all eternity, he had been separated from God the Father. And that perfect unity was not there because the Bible says that God turned his back on Jesus Christ because he took the sins of the world. And you put that all into our minds and hearts. And then we see passages like this in the book of Galatians and we go, What are we supposed to do with the cross? And we see three R words that helps us understand the message of the cross. So we're going to walk through them together this morning. The first one is rely. Rely. And I just got this straight out of the scripture. So thank you, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this so that I could have the outline here this morning because it makes it very simple. 
The question is, do I rely on myself and my good works and my own faith? Or am I relying upon Jesus Christ and Him alone for my salvation? What are you trusting in? We trust in some really funny things in this world. I told my son, I've already warned him, I'm going to talk about him this morning. Because he ate the last of the ice cream. So I told him I'm going to eat, I'm going to tell a story about him in church. This is his punishment. He's now an L plater. And as an L plater parent, I'm learning of the dangers everywhere around. And on the screen is a picture of a scared dad, and I can totally relate to that. Because as you drive along, you, you begin to recognize things that you didn't recognize before. Things that you had no idea about. I mean, I've been driving for quite a while now, and I'm a very good driver. And as a driver, you drive along, and you don't even notice the things that you do. There's so many things happening here, I can't even explain how much is going on. And you recognize all of the dangers around us. And when you are not in control, when you're sitting in the seat on this side of the car and the driver's there and the driver you don't fully trust, you begin to recognize all of the dangers around you. And you begin to call them out. And the car that we have, there's no handbrake. It's a button handbrake, so I can't even yank on the handbrake to save us. And just as a side note, actually, Caden, he's a, don't tell, where's he at? He's a really good driver. But don't tell him that I'm a scared father. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For all who rely, so what are we trusting in? What are we relying on? The works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. That is a direct quote from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 27. And we have some serious pressure when we try to rely on ourselves. When we try to say, I can handle this life on my own. God, I'll trust you someday in eternity. But in the meantime, I'm going to take care of my salvation. I'll do it myself. And this is a very stereotypical, and I don't know about ladies, but very stereotypical man response is I'm fine, I'll do it myself. And that brings a great deal of pressure that we're not created to hold on to. The first pressure we see is a pressure of performance, relying on my faith. If I just have enough faith, then I'll be all right. That passage continues on in verses 11 and 12 and says, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. And it goes on, it says, and it, it quotes um, Habakkuk and also quotes Leviticus, some Old Testament passages, and says, The righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. The only way a person is righteous before God is not by our own faith, not by our own, if I just believe enough. It's believing in the right thing. In the 1800s, there was a, a well-known, and now he's become famous, missionary in China, Hudson Taylor, who said, it is not by trying to be faithful, but by looking to the faithful one that we win the victory. Let me say that one more time. It is not by trying to be faithful, but by looking to the faithful one that we win the victory. That was 200 years ago quoted 
we understand that there are trying to have just enough faith or trying to have just enough righteousness on the works of the law. You see the first R word? For all who rely on works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. For the righteous shall live by faith. But the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. Christ redeemed us. So next, our word. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree, which is talking about a cross. So that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles so that we might receive, that's our third R, receive the promised spirit through faith. Earlier in the book of Mark, chapter number 15, we read through the crucifixion account. And as we read through that, uh, I, I thought about, to be honest with you, I sh- thought about showing some videos of Jesus' crucifixion from different movies. And as I was watching them, be honest, they're not fun. Like, they're important to watch. If you haven't seen The Passion of the Christ in some of those movies, they, I would encourage you to watch them. But they're not fun movies. You sit down and eating popcorn. They're sobering movies, and because of our our audience here today, I didn't want to show anything too graphic. But at the same time, if you can imagine what the cross was like, and the, the pain involved, and the humanity of Jesus Christ crying out in His agony, when the Bible says that He cried out with a loud voice, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I don't think He did it monotone. I'm sure that was at the the top of his lungs, crying this out in agony because for the first time in all eternity, he had been separated from God the Father. And that perfect unity was not there because the Bible says that God turned his back on Jesus Christ because he took the sins of the world. And you put that all into our minds and hearts. And then we see passages like this in the book of Galatians and we go, What are we supposed to do with the cross? And we see three R words that helps us understand the message of the cross. So we're going to walk through them together this morning. The first one is rely. Rely. And I just got this straight out of the scripture. So thank you, the Apostle Paul, who wrote this so that I could have the outline here this morning because it makes it very simple. The question is, do I rely on myself? and my good works, and my own faith, or am I relying upon Jesus Christ and Him alone for my salvation? What are you trusting in? We trust in some really funny things in this world. I told my son, I've already warned him, I'm going to talk about him this morning, because he ate the last of the ice cream, so I told him I'm going to eat, I'm going to tell a story about him in church. This is his punishment. He's now an L plater. And as an L plater parent, I'm learning of the dangers everywhere around. And on the screen is a picture of a scared dad, and I can totally relate to that. Because as you drive along, you, you begin to recognize things that you didn't recognize before. Things that you had no idea about. I mean, I've been driving for quite a while now, and I'm a very good driver. 
And as a driver, you drive along and you don't even notice the things that you do. There's so many things happening here. I can't even explain how much is going on. And you recognize all of the dangers around us. And when you are not in control, when you're sitting in the seat on this side of the car and the driver's there and the driver you don't fully trust, you begin to recognize all of the dangers around you. And you begin to call them out. And the car that we have, there's no handbrake. It's a button handbrake, so I can't even yank on the handbrake to save us. And just as a side note, actually, Caden, he's a, don't tell, where's he at? He's a really good driver. But don't tell him that I'm a scared father. Galatians chapter 3, verse 10 says, For all who rely, so what are we trusting in? What are we relying on? The works of the law are under a curse. For it is written, Cursed be everyone who does not abide by all things written in the book of the law and do them. That is a direct quote from the Old Testament in Deuteronomy chapter 27. And we have some serious pressure when we try to rely on ourselves. When we try to say, I can handle this life on my own. God, I'll trust you someday in eternity. But in the meantime, I'm going to take care of my salvation. I'll do it myself. And this is a very stereotypical, and I don't know about ladies, but very stereotypical man response is I'm fine, I'll do it myself. And that brings a great deal of pressure that we're not created to hold on to. The first pressure we see is a pressure of performance, relying on my faith. If I just have enough faith, then I'll be all right. That passage continues on in verses 11 and 12 and says, Now it is evident that no one is justified before God by the law. And it goes on, it says, and it, it quotes um, Habakkuk and also quotes Leviticus, some Old Testament passages, and says, The righteous shall live by faith, but the law is not of faith. Rather, the one who does them shall live by them. The only way a person is righteous before God is not by our own faith, not by our own, if I just believe enough, it's believing in the right thing. In the 1800s, there was a a well-known, and now he's become famous, missionary in China, Hudson Taylor, who said, it is not by trying to be faithful, but by looking to the faithful one that we win the victory. Let me say that one more time. It is not by trying to be faithful, but by looking to the faithful one that we win the victory. That was 200 years ago quoted. We understand that there are trying to have just enough faith or trying to have just enough righteousness. You don't have the pressure of performance or the pressure of perfection because we have the cross. The next R we see is the word redeemed. And this is a beautiful transition we see because if you end, there you go. I'm empty. I'm hopeless. Now we see in verse number 13, we see Christ redeemed. That word redeemed is delivered from sin through a payment. Of course, that payment was Jesus' death on the cross. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, and he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 21, Cursed is everyone who is hanged on a tree. Jesus has done something that our good works and the law and our righteousness and our faith cannot do by itself. 
Jesus said, I'm going to take your curse, your curse of sin, and I'm going to take it and put it upon me. You begin to, to think about, and I'm not going to point specifically at anyone, but you begin to think about your individual sins and how guilty you feel and the punishment of, for your sins. And Jesus Christ took every single sin of the entire world upon his shoulders. I was reading about this this week and it began to humanize Jesus' experience. And you think about the guilt that you feel when we, you do wrong and recognize that Jesus took, consciously took the sins of of the entire world. He took the guilt. He took the shame. He took your punishment, your curse, and He says, I'm going to take it upon Myself and make the payment before God that you can never make on your own. You begin to humanize the experience of Jesus on the cross. It was not just the physical pain of the, of the nails and the torture that he experienced, which would have been horrendous. It was also the guilt that he was feeling. The shame of all of the world's shame. The separation of God that he was experiencing. In the book of Colossians chapter 1, verses 13 and 14, the Bible says, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's a beautiful word, transferred. Jesus became a substitute for us, so we didn't have to make that payment of our curse. He did it for us. And transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son, in whom we have, and here's that word again, redemption or redeemed the forgiveness of sin. We live in a fallen world, and there's no surprise that a fallen world lives as a fallen world. It lives as if it's separated from God, but that's not the message of the cross. The message of the cross for you and for me is the fact that we don't have to rely upon ourselves. We can totally rely upon Jesus. We don't have to be good enough because He is good enough. And we don't have to pay for our sin and pay for our guilt and pay for our shame because Jesus Christ has come and the Bible says God has transferred us to the kingdom from the darkness. The message of the cross is I don't have to rely upon me because Jesus has made the payment. Our third R this morning is straight out of the Bible. It's the word receive. Go down to the next verse, verse number 14. It says, so that, and where does it say? In Christ Jesus. Not in ourselves, but in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles. And here's the key. So that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. The reason why I brought up that last part, so that we might receive. A gift that is not received is not enjoyed. The gift of Jesus Christ on being on the cross has been bought, it's paid for, it's been wrapped and delivered to us. And now it's up to you and I to say, I'm going to simply receive that wonderful free gift of salvation. In the book of Ephesians, chapter number 2, 
verses 8 and 9. The scripture says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not the result of works and not our works, so that no one may boast. We have a wonderful promise given to us by God. The book of John, chapter 1, verse 12, the Bible says, But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. On Sunday, we are going to be talking about how we can become children of God because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And we have a wonderful promise. So come back on Sunday. As we conclude this morning, that word receive, how do we do that? I'm not going to put a hard pressure cell on you this morning but I will give you an opportunity to respond in just a moment. As you begin to think through who you are and the message of the cross for you, as it says on the screen, but also says inside your bulletins, it says, I am relying on Christ. Not me, that's the message of the cross. I'm relying on Christ. I'm redeemed by Christ, not by my good works, but through Jesus Christ on the cross. And the final thing is, I have received Christ as my Savior. How do we receive Christ as our Savior? There's a beautiful, another R word that's found in the Bible. It's the word repent. It simply means a changing of mind. Saying, I was going one way and I found out it was the wrong way, so I repented of that and now I'm going to go the correct way. You may have for your entire life been trying to be good enough trying to make your good outweigh your bad, trying to have your own righteousness, just enough faith. And you found out this morning that that's actually the not the right way. That's not the message of the cross. That's that key word, repent. Repent of your sin. Repent of your, your self-righteousness and turn and say, God, I believe Jesus Christ is God. I believe he's your son. I believe that he died on the cross for my sin. Book of Romans, chapter number 10, verse 9, it says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, it makes a beautiful promise, you will be saved. I love that verse because it doesn't say might, it doesn't say hope so. It says you will be saved. And if I would love to be able to speak with you afterwards. If it's not myself, I connect you with a lady for a lady, or if I connect you with one of the other pastors of our church, we take the Bible and we'll show you out of the Bible how you can receive that wonderful free gift of salvation. That's the celebration and the message of Easter. As we conclude this morning, maybe you've already done that and you're saying to yourself, praise God for the cross because Jesus died on the cross for me. And that's a, that's a message of praise. Or maybe you're yet to do that and you're still processing that. I want you to process that in, in the sense that you're thinking to yourself, what response does God want me to have? He has a gift that's bought, paid for, delivered. What does God want me to respond? Does he want to me to respond and go, I don't want that? Or does he want us to respond, let me receive that so I can enjoy the wonderful message of the cross? In a moment, we're going to sing a song, and we're going to close in prayer, and then there's coffee and tea and some biscuits outside, so you don't have to rush off. But don't miss this moment of the message of the cross. 
Why don't you stand with me as we pray? Lord, thank you so much for the cross. The cross was totally your idea. We didn't come up with this idea. It was your idea. From the beginning of time, you knew that you would need to send your son Jesus to earth to live a perfect life and die a cruel death on the cross to take the punishment, the curse of our sin upon your own shoulders. Lord, you have a gift for us, Lord, and we don't want to miss the message of the cross. We don't want to be oh so close, but yet so far. So Lord, I pray for each and every one of us here this morning. Maybe we need the reminder of the cross, the reminder of our salvation. Maybe we're hearing this for the first time, Lord. So I pray that you'll speak in the way that only you can speak to hearts, that you'll mold and shape and convict and, and draw. And Lord, allow us to lead people to you today. And Lord, I pray that today we will not forget the message of the cross and we look forward to the resurrection and the promise of being part of your family. Lord, I pray that we will live lives differently as a result. And in Jesus' name, amen.